I was obsessed with weight loss. I went off to college and became one of the first personal trainers in the country. And I was in grad school and they were teaching us that in order to lose weight, you had to eat less and exercise more, right? I mean, that was all the popular culture back then. And so I'm studying this and I'm applying it to my clients. And I'm noticing that my women, especially 40 plus, this was not working. And in order to be a successful personal trainer, you can't make people worse. They're not going to go, gosh, you know, this is awesome. I'm gaining weight around my waistline. Uh, could you come more often? Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Ever wondered what the root cause to weight gain actually is? We are going to get into the root of that answer with my dear friend and celebrity nutritionist, JJ Virgin. We are digging deep into a topic that affects millions of people, and that is why food intolerance is the real cause of weight gain. Now, I learned a long time ago that food is information and medicine. Food communicates with our body. Each of us have experienced this, especially when our body communicates to us that what we ate just really isn't working. From gluten to dairy to sugar, these foods and many more can have adverse effects on our gut and our bodies. Several years ago, I personally cut out a lot of foods from my diet in a detox and then reintroduced them slowly back in. I was blown away at the way that I felt when I reintroduced certain grains, dairy. It was just, I felt bloated, tired, irritable. I knew something wasn't right when I ate these foods. And don't even get me started on sugar. It has rarely been a friend to my waistline and my energy levels. Sugar and I just don't get along. So if you're wondering if food intolerance is playing a role in your weight gain or belly fat, here are some good questions to explore. One, do you crave baked goods, pasta, or other high sugar impact foods? Do you have difficulty falling asleep or do you find yourself being awake at night, feeling anxious and having a hard time getting back to sleep? Do you have bowel movements that are infrequent, so less than one a day? Can your mood change swiftly? Do you feel tired in the afternoon or experience brain fog throughout the day? And do you ever feel like you do not have a sustainable energy, like it completely drops around three to four o'clock in the afternoon? So oftentimes, zeroing in on what we eat can make all the difference, and there's no better expert than JJ Virgin to break it down for us today. Now, before I bring on JJ, I want to quickly introduce her to you. JJ is a celebrity nutrition and fitness expert who teaches clients how to eliminate food and carb intolerances so they can transform their health and their lives. JJ is a predominant TV and media personality, including PBS, The Dr. Oz Show, Rachel Ray, Access Hollywood, and The Today Show. JJ is the author of four New York Times bestsellers, The Virgin Diet, The Virgin Diet Cookbook, JJ Virgin Sugar Impact Diet, and JJ Virgin Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook. She is also the host of the popular JD Virgin Lifestyle Show podcast and regularly writes for Huffington Post, Rodell Wellness, Mind Body Green, and other major magazines and blogs. You can find amazing articles, recipes, helpful online programs, and much more at jjvirgin.com. Welcome, JJ. I am so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I am great. How about you? 
I'm doing great. And I am so excited for our topic because I know this is a topic that millions and millions of people suffer with, which is why food intolerances is the real cause of weight gain. And I know this is a topic that you've been exploring for a long time. So I want to know, because you know, I, I've I've read the book and and I've learned a lot about this, but I want to know what inspired you to explore the connection between food intolerance and weight gain for, for your readers and for your audience. So I was Early on, I was in graduate school. I've always been obsessed with weight loss, I admit it, like since I was a teen. And probably because I was like trying to be a ballet dancer, which is so ridiculous because, as you know, I'm six feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) So when I'm on point, there is no one to dance with me. So (laughs) bad, bad career choice. But I was obsessed with weight loss. I went off to college and became one of the first personal trainers in the country. It was me and Body by Jake. And I was in grad school and they were teaching us that in order to lose weight, you had to eat less and exercise more, right? I mean, that was all the popular culture back then. And so I'm studying this and I'm applying it to my clients. And I'm noticing that my women, especially 40 plus, this was not working. And in order to be a successful personal trainer, you can't make people worse. They're not going to go, gosh, you know, this is awesome. You're (laughs) I'm getting, I'm gaining weight around my waistline. Uh, Could you come more often? So (laughs) I I was going, all right, so this clearly is not the right thing. So what is, and I remember I went into the stacks at UCLA. I started looking at things and wow, we didn't actually, the way that we're teaching people to eat and exercise is not the way we used to do this. So if this is wrong, what is right? And I started to look at everything out there that could cause you to gain weight or make it hard for you to lose weight. And of course, the single biggest needle mover of all of it is food. And food is information and it goes way beyond calories. And that's where I started to become obsessed first because I noticed things like people drinking diet sodas were gaining weight. And I had one client who, gosh, she was cutting her calories. Some days it was down to 500 calories a day, but she averaged around 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day and she was obese. And it it was fascinating, but she ate all of the diet foods. She ate all of these little fat-free whole grain, you know, soy. The snack wells. All that. Remember the snack wells? Are snack wells still around? I think they're gone now. Good. I remember my dad eating those thinking he was going to lose weight and just the pounds continue to come on. I mean, everyone was on that. You know, you Mm -hmm. ate the box. So I started looking at it, I go, all right, so if it's not about, well, calories, of course, count, but it's really where they come from that makes the difference. And even things without calories can make you gain weight. What is it? And I was doing food sensitivity testing, food intolerance testing with doctors in their offices for people who were walking and complaining of joint pain or headaches, gas and bloating, skin problems, focus problems, energy, pain. And it was crazy. It took me a while, I admit, to figure this out, but like, the same foods always showed up. It was always the same foods. We were looking at 30 to 90 different foods, but it was always these same, you know, these same five to six. And when I pulled them out, it was amazing what would happen. And quickly, like in the first week, people lost up to seven pounds. All those symptoms went away. And even though they hadn't come in for weight loss, weight loss became effortless, but they kept staying on it because of how they felt. So It took me a while to figure out, though, if it's the same food showing up and it takes three weeks to get the test results back, I just started putting them on the diet as soon as they took the test. And then pretty soon I realized, actually, they didn't need to take the test, you know, (laughs) we put them (laughs) on the diet and they could actually figure out for themselves, which I think is so powerful 
to self-identify which foods work for you and which foods don't to connect the dots. You know, we, we see people eating foods and then a couple hours later they're crashing or they're, they've got stomach pains or their joints ache and not putting those two things together. And when you can connect those dots, it's such a powerful thing because you don't go, Oh, I think I'll cheat today. Cause you know what it'll do to you. Right. It's way more than just cheating. And it's, it's, you're not going to feel good. Right. And you know, it, it makes me, it's why these diets that have the cheat days make me insane because it's not that you just ate a thousand extra calories, what happened is you actually created this crazy immune and inflammatory response throughout your body. I mean, no one cheats on salmon. It never has happened. I've never seen it. They cheat on the things that are the worst foods for them. They're total trigger foods. And those launch this immune attack that your body then creates all of these antibodies and this inflammation and you have all these symptoms. And then the craziest part of all that is you start to crave the very foods that are hurting you. So all these things that you need to stay away from, your body actually makes you crave and you just get worse and worse and worse. And I know you've pointed out a little bit some of the things that we're looking for, but I still feel like people individualizing themselves may want to know, how can I know outside of a test if I have a food intolerance? Yeah. And so I still think testing has a lot of validity, but I actually don't think it's the first place to start. Um Again, I have looked now at so many food sensitivity testing tests. And the thing is, the first things that always show up are dairy and eggs, sadly enough. And then next line is soy, corn, and peanuts. Gluten is actually a different type of test. And I personally don't believe gluten is good for anybody. And then mm -hmm. sugar, I looked at differently. Because I look at food intolerance, I think, okay, there's a variety of ways we become intolerant to food. It could be genetics. So that's celiac, lactose intolerance, fructose malabsorption. It could be this hormonal issue. So what sugar starts to do to us, creating stress issues and um, insulin issues. It could be an acquired immune problem, which is what food sensitivity is. And all of those things matter. And there is no one test for all of these things, right? But when you look at these foods that are the classic foods creating these problems, they are what are in all of the processed foods now. And so we like, if we ate every once in a while, we had a little bit of soy or a little bit of processed corn or a little bit of gluten, our bodies would get the antibodies, grab onto them, make immune complexes, we get rid of them. But when you're eating it every single day, these things build up and you can't, and they create problems for you. And the sad thing is we are becoming more and more food intolerant because of stress. It makes your gut permeable. And when your gut's more permeable, and you don't digest foods well, which most people over the age of 30, 35 are, have digestive issues due to lower stomach acid, and we don't chew. I'm, I'm still a bad chewer, I must say. I'm a bad, I'm chewer. A bad chewer, I confess. I know. I know. I know. Like, well, we, we should have a support group for this because- We should. It's, it's the busy people syndrome. Well, it came from being a personal trainer, and I literally would run from house to house to house, and I would have a cooler in the back of the car, and I would just like scarf food down because I was eating fat-free vegetarian, high carb diet. So I was starving all the time and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't lose weight um, <laughs> back when, but you know, so I learned not to chew, but you know, we're not chewing. We've got lower stomach acid. We've got a 
more permeable gut due to stress. Gluten makes your gut more permeable. Fructose makes your gut more permeable. Pain medications make your gut more permeable. And then your body launches an immune attack to these foods. And we're eating the same foods all the time. But gluten is one of the key foods that does this, as we know. So that's problematic. And then, of course, I had to include sugar into the mix because fructose makes your gut more permeable. And sugars feed the bad bacteria in your gut, which make you extract more calories from the food you eat and store it as fat and start to hurt your immune system. And then we've got artificial sweeteners that change your gut microbiome that actually can make you more insulin resistant. So you look at all of this stuff and these foods that I'm going to mention, and I would say if you're listening and you go, oh my gosh, that's everything I eat. The coolest thing is that you're going to have the most amazing results. Like you should be jumping up and down if you're eating any of these foods in excitement. Because, and I say that, Marisa, I've got a pre-frame because everyone goes, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? Right? That's always- Absolutely. That's the first thing. People go into panic mode. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, when I first started talking about this years ago, and I would say, all right, we've got to pull out the gluten. Back then, there weren't a lot of options. Now there's a bunch of crappy options. Would I tell you? Oh, goodness. Almost as bad. They're way, uh, just because you, you are going gluten-free doesn't mean you need to now eat gluten-free cookies or cupcakes. Right. Or, or cupcakes or bread or, I mean, just name it. Yeah. The best gluten-free food doesn't have a label on it saying gluten-free because it's right. bad gluten in it because it's, you know, <laughs> so that's a key takeaway. Um but gluten is clearly one, and the challenge is it's in places you wouldn't think of because gluten does a lot of things like stabilizing, giving, making things taste better, making things crunchy. So you see it in a lot of things that you wouldn't expect. Like you're like, why'd they put wheat flour on my steak at the restaurant? Like why would we do this? Or mm-hmm. and it also is very addictive. Sugar, gluten, and dairy have an opiate-like effect on the brain, so they literally drug you. So gluten, dairy, soy corn, peanuts, eggs, and then oh, sugar. And- that's my hardest one. I'm, I mean, I don't have an allergy to eggs, but oh, I just feel so bad for people. <laughs> I know, but you know, here's the cool thing about this is just because all these foods, you may have issues with these foods initially, it doesn't mean you can never eat them again. It means that you pull these foods out for a period of time. You let your body calm down. Like it's going through a little detox and resetting. Then you heal your gut and when you have a, when your gut's working well, everything's going well. When it's not, things suck. That's just the bottom line. You know, like your mood, your weight loss, everything is dictated now by, you know, as we know now, by your gut. So you pull the foods out, you, you swap them for things that you probably end up liking better, like cow's milk for coconut milk. And it's never been easier. It was really hard when I first started doing this. Back, back when I first started doing this, you actually could not find... Um, coconut milk outside of that, like crazy coconut milk in the can. That was like what you had to do. So, you know, it was, it was the wild, wild west back then. It was, oh my goodness. It, but we do have so many options. I mean, we we're becoming more aware of that. Thank goodness. Yes. Some of us are. So the thing is, and, and the big takeaway is if you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, gluten, dairy, soy, I can't give up my cheese, blah, blah, blah. First off, the foods that you crave are the foods you tend to hurt. So you end up way better off um, when you pull these out. You crave for a couple days, which I always say is a great thing. It means you're going to have huge results. And then once you get through that, it's a game changer. It literally in a matter of days. I mean, the average person 
loses up to seven pounds over the first seven days. But more than that, they lose inflammation, gas and bloating, all this stuff that like, who wants to look pregnant after a meal, you know, I mean, crazy. So, and there's very simple alternatives for all these things. So that's, that's the key takeaway here is if you've been eating, if you're trying so hard to lose weight, it's not working. If you're struggling with an autoimmune disease, if you eat foods, you go, gosh, gosh, why am I so tired? Or you just feel like you're supposed to be eating every couple hours or you cannot go through the day without eating some cheese. You are going to win big when you do this and pretty quickly. Well, let's get into though how we can do this. So this is where you really shine because you have helped millions of people may walk through seven days or even a month long, you know, really transform their life, lose the weight, but really more, more importantly, all of those other inflammatory symptoms that you're talking about, like the brain fog, the energy, the joint pain, the digestive issues. So what can we do? I know you've got a whole entire book devoted to this topic. Yeah. And what I've really looked at, like my secret sauce for everything I do is to make something super easy for someone to do. And when I first started working with this whole thing, there were elimination diets out there. And first off, what I noticed about them is they had foods that I never saw people react to. So I was like, why are we pulling out strawberries and citrus food when in the lab testing I'm looking at, it's like 1% of the population. Why don't we focus on what 70, 80% of the people are reacting to and just go there. And if there's still issues, we'll go farther. But how do you do this in a very simple way? If you dine out, if you travel, if you're going to parties, if you've got kids to feed, because that's reality, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's honestly way easier than people realize to do this. And I always like to look at anything I do as the first thing you want to do before you even get started is figure out why is this important to you? You know, what's your life now and what's holding you back? Because Marisa, I find for so many people, the number one thing holding them back from living the life they want to live is their health. You know, like if you don't have the energy, if you're tired, if you've got brain fog, if you feel bloated, you are not going to go do the things you really want to do. You want to have the confidence to do them. You want to have the energy to do them. You want to have the focus to do them. So it's, it's really the only focus right? when you're, when you're not well. Well, yeah. What was it? A man who has his health has a thousand dreams. The man who doesn't have his health has one. One. Yeah. So, you know, this to me is like, and again, you know, we're in the health field, but if you don't have your health, since I almost lost a son, I understand this, like what you got nothing. So this is really the starting point, but before you even get started, you have to make it that important. You have to make it that important. Otherwise, the first sign of a piece of cheese or bread, you're going to like get thrown over. So you got to start with that big why behind what you're doing and, and how when you have more energy, more focus, you finally lose the weight. Does your life change and what will it allow you to do? And go there, right? Go there first so that you have that big vision to push you through. Then you start with adding before you take away. The, what I focus on first is like, okay, what should you be eating? Like, are you getting enough clean, lean protein at your meals? Are you making sure you're eating lots of non-starchy vegetables? Are you eating good, healthy fats? Because I think a lot of us are eating crappy food just because we're rushing. We're not paying attention to it. We're just grabbing what's around instead of like, like my freezer is full of amazing stuff from Butcher Box and Vital Choice. I've got uh, a great pantries with wild rice and chunky tomatoes and all sorts of stuff. And then I keep getting fresh vegetables every single week. So I've got everything I need to make stuff fast. And literally it takes five to 15 minutes to make a 
It does. When we ha- we had dinner with you guys a couple couple weeks ago, it was probably 15 minutes, all healthy, lean proteins, vegetables. I mean, literally, you are living, well, clearly you're living the lifestyle. You look like you're living the lifestyle. But it was just being in the home and seeing it all put together, how simple it was, and was, I mean, could be, could be inspiring for anyone to see you do it on a night-to-night yeah, it's basis. it's easy. I had a dinner party it's last easy. night and literally, and you know, because you've seen, I've got two freezers and a fridge in the garage. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yep, you're prepared. Uh, yeah, you know that one of them's just stuffed full of, you know, clean, lean protein. So you go out there and grab something. And then I just grabbed out of the fridge, I grabbed some butternut squash and broccoli and, you know, made these like yummy little like things that are kind of like a sweet potato. They're this little purple potato thing. And that was it. Like simple. It looked like I'd made the most amazing meal on the planet. And literally it took me about 10 minutes of prep time. So I look like a hero. And I always have, of course, geese. So the point is, it's really simple when you set it up correctly and you start to focus on what you can eat. Because I think the first thing people go is, oh my gosh, I can't have cheese and bread. Right. And it's, it's like, okay, so what can we do? And then we start to look at putting in every morning. I think most people blow it at breakfast. They blow it at breakfast. They have dessert. Yeah. That muffin. If you take the frosting off a cupcake, you're left with a muffin. Muffin or bagel or something. Yeah, cereal with milk. And so any of those types of things, they just hijack your blood sugar. You are done for the day. The minute you start the day with dessert, now you're on a roller coaster you're never getting off of. So you got to start the day with the trifecta of fat, protein, and fiber. So I just have people start the day with a smoothie. I've been doing them for, you know, it's funny, I kept saying 25 years. It's actually, I think, 30 years now that I've been doing smoothies. And I use a really good clean protein powder and then some coconut or almond milk, a little avocado, usually some greens. Occasionally I'll throw in fruit, but when I wrote the sugar impact diet, I stopped kind of got got kind of away from fruit, just disinterested. And that's that's it. That's like the easiest breakfast. I do it when I travel, I save money. It's easy. So I start the day with a smoothie and then, you know, I just replace out. Like if someone's used to say, having a burrito for lunch, right? You can easily, that's, Tim has a burrito like every single day for lunch, my now husband. That's like his everyday thing. So I just went and got him. Siete makes these amazing um, gluten-free burritos. You can get the coconut wrap burritos. So we just do that. We have some black beans. He has some chicken, some guacamole and salsa and veggies. Boom, easy, easy replacement. And so these things can happen. They're really simple to do. The foods are everywhere. You actually save money because the expensive thing out there is processed food, right? Absolutely. You're not hungry. It's like weight loss becomes automatic. But a lot of people will do this because they've been struggling. They haven't been able to lose weight for years and years and years. That's my area I love the most is, is the people, weight loss resistance, the people who cannot lose weight. And, you know, they feel like they've been doing everything right. They've been eating all the foods they hear they're supposed to eat, like whole grain bread and Greek style yogurt, and nothing's working and they feel crappy. And boy, I just tell them you've been following the wrong set of rules. And when you figure out which foods work for you and which foods don't, weight loss actually is effortless. But you come in because you want to lose some weight. You stay because you're going, I had no idea I could feel this way. I thought it was normal to have headaches. I thought it was normal to have some gas and bloating after I eat. And it's not. That is your body saying, this is not working for me. And you got to tune into that. You got to connect the dots between what you're eating and how you feel. And again, once you do, it's super powerful. 
I love it. Now, I wanted I wanted to take a moment because you have so many amazing stories, you know, from from women in the matter of seven days making some powerful changes. Do you have a favorite success story you'd love to share? Oh my gosh, I have so many success stories from this that just make me so beyond excited. I, I think of this gal Janie who found the Virgin Diet one night. She was googling um, anti-inflammation diet. She finds the virgin diet. So she had psoriatic arthritis and she was a grandmother. I mean, she looked, she honestly, like when I met her, I was like, you're not a grandmother. You look like you're 12, but she was grandmother. And she also worked as an administrator at an elementary school. And they put her with the psoriatic arthritis and autoimmune condition. They put her on these autoimmune drugs and she could not, she, she was getting sick all the time. So she'd go to school, she'd pick anything up that the kids brought in. So she could hardly work. She couldn't be around her grandkids. She was in pain. And, you know, her, her life was just like going away before her eyes, right? And so she Googles this, she finds this, she goes on this, which I contend that this diet is the perfect starting point for anyone who's got autoimmune disease in the family, who's got any autoimmune disease. And by the way, this is everybody. Like every, like autoimmune disease is the biggest disease out there. Like every, pretty much almost everything has an autoimmune component. And by the time the autoimmune titers are up, it's, you've already got it started. Don't start the process. So she goes on the program within a matter of weeks. She feels entirely different within a couple months. She's off all her medications. Her doctor of course is like, I don't know what you're doing, but you know, just right. Oh, like, this was like some divine remission. This never happens. Like maybe you should just ask what she's doing. I don't know. So, you know, it's completely off everything, loses weight, feels great. It's back at school working, playing with their grandkids. And, you know, I'm just looking at this going, I'd never, what happened as I put this program out there is I did it because of the weight loss resistance issue, but I started to see people turning around diabetes, turning around all sorts of autoimmune diseases, Hashimoto's on down. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, this is bigger than I realized. And I think the coolest part of it is it's very easy to do. I think we can agree that you can do anything. Like within the first seven days, you feel so much different. It's crazy. But within 21 days, there's such a massive turnaround. And then you go back and you see which foods work for you and which foods don't. This isn't me saying, hey, you're never going to eat gluten, dairy, soy, corn, eggs, peanuts, sugar, artificial sweeteners again. You may find that eggs work just fine for you as long as you're eating pastured eggs because it's not just what you are what you eat. It's you are what you eat ate. But you may find all these things work fine for you. And, but, or you may find that, gosh, when I eat gluten, my joints swell, I feel crappy. When I eat dairy, my skin breaks out and I get major bloat and congestion. You know, you'll, you can then connect those dots. My son, who is 21, was like, gosh, when I eat gluten, I'm like the next 15 to 30 minutes, I'm just angry. I'm mean. He knows it. Like, yay, you know? So once you have that information, it's so much different in your life. You know, I look at people and they're trying to white knuckle their way through deciding whether they should eat the cake or not. When you know what it does for you and you know, you've hung out with me, you see me like, I'm just like, eh, you know, cause I don't want to feel crappy. I don't want my stomach to hurt. I don't want my knees and joints to ache for the next couple of days. It's just not worth it. And that's what I see with people is the biggest challenge I have when people go on this program is I have them do the first part of it for seven to 21 days. And then I have them test one by one, like, all right, we pulled out the pasta that you loved so much and we traded it out for either, 
you know, pasta and butternut squash noodles or lentil noodles. Now let's test it back. And they're like, no, I like this better. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not that you're going to, it's just so that you'll be able to tell if it works for you or not. And that's, and then you have a decision to make, right? And hey, this knowledge is power and food is information and it can make all the difference, not just in your weight, but just everyday quality of life. I mean, think of life when you in the afternoon don't have to go have a big espresso hit or you don't have those headaches or you just don't feel that bloatedness where you're going, what can I wear today? You know, you're kind of looking at your closet in dread trying to figure out what's going to hide it. It's like, it's just so awesome to not have those things be issues and to hold you back. Well, I love the simplicity of the book and the program. It's so amazing. And I think you're absolutely right. Once people can give, you know, follow us the simplicity of a program like this, feel, literally feel how their body feels. You know, what I've learned in practice is a lot of people just don't know what it feels like to feel good. Like when their body has that energy, they're not aching, they're not dealing with headaches, they're not dealing with crashes. You know, it's it's really difficult to want to go back to that way of life once you've experienced what it feels like to have vitality. Right. I, I contend that most people have no idea what it feels like to feel great. That, you know, when you go into any of the drugstores and you look at all of the things for constipation, diarrhea, headaches, and pain. I mean, like it's crazy, right? And and congestion. Like you look around at all of that stuff and we've just been trained it's normal to have those things and need to take these things. And I would say it is not remotely normal. I remember one of my first mentors in nutrition says it's not normal to get sick. I was like, it's not? Like we're not supposed to get a couple colds a year? He's like, no, that's not normal. It's not normal. And I went, well, what if it was just not normal at all to have headaches, to get sick, that that is purely your body communicating with you. And once you listen and you connect the dots, you just don't have to have those things anymore. I agree. I absolutely agree. I have a couple of the questions I want to ask. I One of the things that I've, I've loved you talking about um, is when it comes to snacking. So JJ, snacking, yes or no? <laughs> oh my gosh, you've heard me bash <laughs> snacking so much. Oh my goodness. So many times. <laughs> I think about growing up, like growing up, you, you just didn't snacks. Like, okay. If you were in elementary school, you had a snack, but I mean, snacks just weren't a big thing. And then all of a sudden we went through that whole fat free craze where we pulled out the fat, we brought the sugar in and you're hungry every two to three hours when you're not eating fat, you're not eating enough protein. And so snacking became the thing. And I used to look at these diets and they tell you, have breakfast, have a snack, have lunch, have a snack, have dinner, have a snack, and you'll keep your blood sugar stable. I'm like, no, you will keep your blood sugar up because every time you eat, you raise your blood sugar. And if you raise your blood sugar, you raise insulin. And insulin then says, hey, blood sugar, get down. And so blood sugar comes down, but insulin's up because it doesn't act very fast. And when insulin's up, it's inflammatory and it tells your body that not to burn off stored fat for fuel. It basically locks the doors to your fat cells. So then you go, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. So then you eat more, you bump up your blood sugar again, which keeps that insulin up or maybe even takes even higher. And the bottom line is all day long, your body has to have incoming fuel because it cannot access stored fat for fuel. And I don't know about you, but I want to be burning off like belly fat, not the biscotti. Right, exactly. No, I want to be a fat burner, not a sugar right. burner. I love that. Okay, so then I wanted to also ask, because I know so many people are curious, and I really do feel like you're the guru here. Tell us about fruit. 
Um, one, should we be eating it? And what should we be eating if we are eating some fruit? Oh my gosh. When I talk about fruit, it's like I'm talking about, you know, there is no Easter bunny nor Santa Claus. You know, it's like packing <laughs> apple pie, baseball moms. Here's the thing. Fruit is not free food. And if you eat too much fruit, you're going to have issues with insulin, diabetes, weight gain, right? Because fruit it comes with is, is one of them. It's the natural source of fructose. The only organ that can metabolize fructose is the liver. And so when you eat fruit, that fructose goes straight to the liver, where basically if it can't be turned into stored energy and there's not a whole lot of room in there to do it, it's turned into fat. And it didn't raise blood sugar along the way. So it also you're making fat and you're still hungry. It's like why I eat an apple, I'm still hungry. Now, this is not to say don't eat fruit, but don't eat loads of fruit. It's not a free food. It's not like, oh, fruit's great for dessert. No, one to two pieces of fruit a day, maybe. And this is something that you could throw into a smoothie, but don't think fruit's something you can just snack on all day long. And fruit juice, it's a soda. Dried fruit, it's candy. Fruit juice concentrates, are syrups. And this is where I get super frustrated because the food companies actually can lie on the labels by saying no sugar added and use fruit juice concentrated. And apple juice concentrate is higher in fructose than high fructose corn syrup. So fruit is one of those foods that can be great in small amounts, especially the lower sugar impact fruits like berries, but problematic, especially if you turn it into a junk food by doing juice and dried fruit and fruit juice concentrates. I love this. I love the, I think this is going to stay with me forever, that fruit is not a free food. I think that's exactly what we think. It's absolutely a free food and it, and it, we need to look at it very differently. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that the government has put fruit and vegetables and then vegetables together, right? So they put fruit, non-starchy vegetables and starchy vegetables all in one category. So, you know, let's just think if you had the, if you believed that a banana raisins, orange juice, and a potato equaled the same as broccoli or Brussels sprouts, which are you choosing? Well, you're choosing, you're choosing the first choices, well, right? Not, you're choosing the potato, you're choosing sprouts. the banana. Yeah. Right. Not. So it's like, no, they're not the same. They're not the same. There's no way. So just put them all in separate categories. And what I do, I have fruit coupled with starchy vegetables and grains because they all have the same metabolic effect. And then I have non-starchy vegetables in its own category because, hey, go crazy on non-starchy vegetables. I've never seen someone have a health problem because they decided they were going to go pig out on cauliflower, broccoli, and you know Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. No. Absolutely. No, I've never seen that either. I've never seen anyone have an issue um, with weight because they ate those foods. Yeah. They didn't say, oh my gosh, I'm so, you know, I'm getting so fat from all of that broccoli and spinach. Great. Said nobody yeah. ever. <laughs> okay, so my last question, because I know, you know, you're such an inspiration to myself, but also so many people. And we want to know, I want to know what you're doing. So could you share a daily habit or even a natural solution that you do every day that is a needle mover for your health, JJ? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this because I knew you were going to throw this one at me. And and I actually like to throw this at people on my podcast. And, you know, I would have answered differently last week because I always talk about gratitude. But honestly, I got to tell you, the biggest needle mover um, for your health. So I like to talk as food and changing what's in your fork. But the reality is, if I could only pick one thing, and it's the thing I'm adamant about for myself, it's sleep. Sleep is probably the thing that shifts everything else. Getting 
eight to nine hours of sleep. And you might be listening going, I only need four to five. And you know what? There's a minuscule amount of the population that's a short sleeper. And let's just all agree, it's not us. When you sleep well, you will, I hear so many people complain about energy. I'm like, well, are you sleeping? No. I'm like, well, there, sleep solved. But you know, you're more insulin sensitive, you're not as hungry, you can handle stress better. So you're going to have leaky gut if you don't sleep well, because you'll have issues with cortisol, you're going to crave sugar, you're going to make bad decisions, you're not going to have the energy to exercise. So sleep would be my biggest one that I'm absolutely adamant about. And you know, I travel all the time, I always set time aside for sleep, I'm careful about my time zone switching, everything kind of revolves around making sure that I get the right amount of sleep. And that is absolutely true. With as much as I've traveled with you or I've been to events with you, you you're a, you're going to bed. I I know when you've left the room, and yeah. I know you're heading to go to bed. <laughs> so you you are adamant about that, and I I think that that is a testament to the level of energy that you have on a day to day basis. Yeah. Okay. So you have you have an amazing gift for us, and I can't wait for you to share it. That really ties into this conversation today. So you're not going to, I mean, you gave us some great solutions and clearly we've got the virgin diet, but you have something that really allows us to kind of move into making these changes quickly. Right. Because now I want you to do it. No, Right. It's, it's time to do it. It's time to show up. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and as you're listening to this, you might be thinking, oh yeah, I'll do that next week. No, no, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Start now because- I'm going to give you my seven day stop, drop and swap challenge for free. And this is where you stop all those symptoms I was talking about, all the weight issues, joint pain, fatigue, headaches, skin problems, gas and bloating by dropping these seven foods that are the most likely culprits. And you, you, I don't leave you hanging with that. You're going to swap them out. So I'm going to give you things that you'll probably like even better. And the way it works and the reason I say start today is because the first thing you do is set up. So you've got a couple days of prep to make sure you have everything you need before you go into the seven days. And then literally within seven days, and, and actually it's usually the first couple of days, you will be blown away. So many of these things that we think of as normal, as issues, they aren't, they'll go away. It'll be amazing. So do this for yourself. There's no excuses because it's totally free. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to hear what happens when you do this. And again, it's seven days and my gosh, you can do anything for seven days, right? Absolutely. I'm in. I'm excited to do it. I'm going to be downloading it. So I make sure everyone in the show notes, you're going to find the link to drop to drop that in seven days. It's going to be in there for you. JJ, really quickly, tell us what it is one more time. It is our seven day stop, drop and swap challenge. I love it. All right. Thank you so much. This is going to be such a big win for people. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, JJ, thank you so much for coming on. And I think sharing something that millions of people are looking to get started with. I can't wait to grab the freebie myself and try it out. And I just want to just just thank you for sharing your incredible information and really dialing into the snacks and the fruit. I was just really great. I'm so happy to ask those questions today. I always love my chance to bash snacking and I know you the do real, the real behind the fruit, man. <laughs> All right, JJ, we'll have a wonderful day. Thank you, honey. Wow. How fun was that? I always love learning something new from JJ Virgin. 
I especially loved her answers to my questions at the very end. And I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did and gained some new insight as to what might be affecting your weight gain. It's amazing to see what happens when you eliminate foods that are making you sick. Not only will you experience weight loss, but you gain so much more back, such as energy, clarity, and mental focus, mood balance, just to name a few. If you're ready to dive in and figure out what foods may be triggering you, I invite you to grab JJ's amazing gift, Stop, Drop, and Swap Challenge. You can find the link in the show notes for this episode on my website, drmarisa.com, episode six. That is D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A.com, episode six. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. Coming up in the next episode, I'm going to be sharing with you what to eat to balance your hormones. And I'm going to include my top five happy hormone superfoods. You know, these are superfoods that I have tested on women for many years. And not only are they delicious, but they really do move the needle to creating hormone balance. I also would love to hear from you and I would love to hear what you think about the podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review the Essentially You podcast on iTunes. It would mean the world to me and help get the word out to women just like you who are ready to take charge of their health by reinventing their healthcare with natural solutions. Well, it was such a pleasure and I can't wait to see you at the next episode. Talk to you soon. Bye.